it's that time once again for everybody's favorite local area technology podcast out of Northwest Ohio. I think we've covered ourselves enough that the lawyers don't mean we have to put out a retraction. What do you think? I don't know what it's, anything you just said was. It's so. a, Good morning, everybody. We're glad you're here, of course. I am Matt Almendinger. Joined as always. Well, I guess not as always. I think there it's was one time I did it all by myself. And we, like there's like four. Yeah, yeah actually. and we call those the dark ages because oh, they yeah. really weren't that great. Um, you really add a significant amount of quality to this podcast. <laughs> it make me blush. And that, and that really does just show you the bar that we set here at Lighthouse. <laughs> oh, where's the womp <laughs> I, w- I would press the button. I think it's this one. Nice. Nailed it this time. That's all I needed. It's right next to the applause button. So... <laughs> Yeah, so we're getting ready for this morning. We're we're starting to realize there's there's just this sort of odd drought right now of like news and things happening. It's not that there's not exciting things happening. It's just nobody seems to be wanting to talk about it. <laughs> like you know, like what a I mean? non-disclosure thing going on. Yeah, <laughs> like what's what's going on, world? We're known for doing cool things all the time, and ironically. We're included in that. I have a whole list of things of stuff I want to talk about, Grant, oh, yeah. but we're not allowed to talk about it yet. Yeah. We've added some really amazing partnerships to Lighthouse, but we're, we're not quite ready to be able to talk about them yet. Actually, we added some of them in the beginning of the year, and, and those are starting to come to fruition. And So it's really exciting, but we can't talk about <laughs> it. Like so, even we are part of the problem. Yeah, it's okay though. They'll, they'll, that means they'll all just be announced at once. Never want to have so much information at the same time. That's right. That's right. It'll all just will all just be noise. Will <laughs> all just be noise. Nice. Well, what, what what little stories do we have? We do have some fun stuff, and I'm getting a lot of questions. I, I really want to talk about this semiconductor shortage because I think some people know about it. Mostly because of the car manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because new cars are uh, getting expensive since. Well, well, I guess used cars are getting. Expensive the, it's, too. it's even worse than that. Um, I was I was driving through town and there's a couple little dealerships through one of the small towns that I I cut through, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking, wow, there's zero new cars, and and it's hard to believe the economic impact that this will have later because what is essentially happening is our world is so dependent on these little tiny things called semiconductors Um, i mean they're literally used in chips they're like anything electronic that has some type of logic system to it or logic uh, thing to it uses these semiconductors and about the time that the lockdown started happening a lot of manufacturers said you know what uh, we're probably not going to need as much as we thought. And so all of these manufacturers turned in notices to them and said, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and reduce our orders. And so what happens is the, the suppliers then say, okay, we're not going to produce as many. And you can't just ramp up huge production numbers. It really has to be steady yeah, in order to keep up with the, the demand that we have. So is this... Because of like a silicon shortage, or is this like this is purely because when COVID first started happening, everybody thought spending was going to drop. We yeah. all thought, I mean, realistically, we all thought that 
people aren't going to buy things. They're not going to spend money on cars. They're not going to spend money. And what actually ended up happening is, is that because people were stuck at home and then got some, um, some stimulus money, mm-hmm. that little extra cash in hand, everybody started spending. Yeah. Would also say the thing with the, the car thing is that people were also more afraid to use public transportation. Um, so some people who had the means to buy cars, but just always use public, now they're afraid that they're going to get sick. And so what ends up happening is we start seeing cars, they're expecting cars to, to not sell. And so then instead they, they're, they're selling out on those. So they're still using chips. And so you're starting to use this backlog of all of this and you're starting to use all of your supply up, but you've already told your manufacturers you're cutting back on spending. <laughs> so anyways, people have this, this doubt in, in public transportation just because of health. Um, we're all stuck at home, so now all of a sudden your home media devices become super important. And then we actually had some wild weather like in Texas that, that created problems that actually affected some American manufacturers of semiconductors. As you can imagine, most of them are Chinese. So they were shut down and reduced for, for a while through all of this. The reality is once the real what once you come to the conclusion, hey, no, this is work we we need this, those companies have to ramp back up. But the demand from a global standpoint is still there. Yeah, well. Feels like we've been like stacking these economic crises on top of each other. The Suez Canal thing was was not good for everybody. Well, that's going to really mess with some costs. Um, We're seeing that on some of our, because of of, of equipment that we have that comes in. Um, Some of our vendors, obviously, it's too expensive to ship via plane right now for some reason. But boat is delayed, and so the boats aren't getting... Some of the boats, those shipments have gotten here, but they have to go back when normally they would already be back. Yeah, yeah. It's just delayed now. So everything is massively delayed. So it's just, you're right, it's such a crazy time. But what's odd to me is that we might be seeing economic, you know, hiccups because we we all went into a reservist mode we all said oh we should pull back these are all the indicators and then what happened is we're all wrong mm-hmm. and we're all playing catch up yeah so gm and ford we, we're talking about these semiconductors man everybody's hurting on these literally anything that plugs in probably has some type of well it does have some type of semiconductor in it but to give you an idea of how massive this is gm and ford have already gone on record that they're hit to profits just because of this, hey, we decided to be fiscally responsible and pull back our orders and our commitments, they're saying it could be a $2 billion hit to profits. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and again, you drive by a, a dealership and there's no cars on the lot. Mm-hmm. It's really almost sad. No semiconductors means that no parts that include semiconductors. I mean, you think about it, you have these fancy little touchscreens. I mean, I was uh, in a nicer car the other day. The instrument cluster was basically just a screen. There's no dials anymore. Oh, yeah. All of this stuff is becoming very computer-driven. So those components can't be made because there's no semiconductors to make those, which means you can't assemble cars or build other things. Transmissions are computer-controlled. 
Because everything is. It's, yeah, it's 2021. They should be, but here we are with the, here we are. the shortage of one of the main components. <laughs> Which means they're now cutting shifts because they can't build cars yeah. because there's no parts. It's 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 crazy. And and I know that like we saw the launch of the PlayStation 5 and of course it's pretty common, <laughs> right? For the for a new console when it comes out for it to just fly off the shelves and there to be stock issues. Mm-hmm. But here we are in what April and I do believe that Sony is still having some stock issues. Oh yeah, they had stock issues from the start and with people doing like they hoarding could, and stuff. They even knew from the beginning. Yeah. That there they said we're not even we we know that there's a high demand on this product. We don't even know that we have enough yep. that we wanted to have for low demand. Yeah. And here we are still they mm-hmm. can't produce enough and it's all because well, obviously, a gaming console. There's lots of processors, and that's all dependent yeah. on semiconductors. It's a full computer. Yeah, memory has semiconductors. Processors mm-hmm. have semiconductors. The GPUs, all of it. So these building blocks are short. We just everything that we have that uses them, and then of course, work from home didn't mm. help. Everybody wanted to build Buying new office areas. And, yeah. yeah. So just. Really just a crazy, crazy thing. And until we see those stabilize, and and it also kind of puts a big strain um, because it's it really shows you our reliance on there's one country that primarily makes them. Oh, is this Taiwan probably? It is China. Oh, it's China. So mm-hmm. we can't, you know, it shows us the, 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 the issues, reliance. <laughs> uh, the reliance yeah. on one economy. Mm-hmm. So just uh, man, <laughs> yeah. This is kind of hard to like predict where it's going too. I, it'll it should normalize, but will people lose their jobs? I mean, people are getting laid off on the manufacturing side for sure, and we don't have a timeline. And who, who if knows? salespeople I mean, on dealerships don't have cars yep. to sell, they can't sell cars to make quotas. To mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is one of those areas where. We saw this constant surge. Now we're gonna we're gonna see the the mm-hmm. ridiculous thing of I, I don't think it was irresponsible for them to say let's reduce our spending on this. Well, you know, maybe in two years though, we find that America's you know pulled up their overalls and boom, now we have an American uh, manufacturer yeah. of semiconductors. Well, there is there is a couple like there is one in Texas, and it got hit with weather. Weather. Oh yeah. And so, so that, that piled on the yep. Issues. So we had some just weird things happen. Hmm. So, and then Griff, do you remember us talking about? Um, don't say half name. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm, I won't say half name because I doesn't. I don't have to now. We did talk about the the state terrorist group Hafnium mm-hmm. or cyber terrorist group um, Hafnium, and we talked about how Microsoft Exchange had that massive vulnerability. Well. It turns out that um, the FBI is using this exploit to hack hundreds of servers that are afflicted by this in the U.S. Um, okay, so you have to break that down for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're doing it. Hopefully for good. To disinfect them, yes. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the FBI is just like, oh, let's just use this little uh, little exploit. Well, okay, so they did do it on the up and up. So what yeah. they said is there's still a number of these servers out here that are extraordinarily vulnerable, and for whatever reason, people aren't getting it resolved. 
in an effort to reduce the chance of there being a critical infection or something major happening. Uh, the FBI went to um, went and got a warrant that allows them to use the known web shells to get in there and to effectively remove the, the software. As I'm sure you can imagine, if you're going to infect somebody and you do your damage, um, you probably don't want to leave a trace when you're done with them, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's actually a command, and I love the command. It's called delete thyself. <laughs> so when you type in the command delete, if you use the command delete thyself, the um, proxy, these web shell proxies that they've created for remote access will remove themselves hmm. and completely clean themselves up and disappear. So the FBI is going around to companies, closing a door, and then using the little men in black uh, delete memory thing. So basically, no one, no one yeah. <laughs> they're basically saying we know that these servers, they're going through, they're scanning, they're, they're mm. finding all of these servers that are afflicted by it, and then running this command mm. and illegally being able to do so. I like that command. That, that's pretty fun. I agree. I, I thought that was great. Uh, delete thyself. Virus, delete thyself. <laughs> Who knew the FBI was fun? <laughs> well, technically, this would be what Hafnium wrote into the software, so it's oh, Hafnium well, is yeah. fun. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got on some lists. <laughs> While you're praising the FBI, the what? FBI gets upset at you. <laughs> because I said Hafnium is fun yeah. and not them. <laughs> no, so much appreciate. Listen, uh, much appreciated FBI. I think there's a lot of people who may not know that they're afflicted or may not have the resources yeah. to know that they're afflicted. Mm -hmm. um, I believe even still there's a lot of information that says uh, a lot of government entities, if you remember, they were recommending that if you were running exchange for small governments, if you were running exchange online, that you needed to shut your network down until you could have somebody forensically and analyze it and install the patch. Wow. Um, Downtime. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's probably where they were starting is a lot of these entities where they didn't listen to that guidance, but uh, but it tells you how serious that could have been. Effectively, um, the the, the two-minute recap of it is the soft, this allowed exchange servers, which are email servers built by Microsoft, but they have a web component, so you, like webmail, that allows you to proxy commands to the exchange servers. They figured out a way to use that proxy and uh, create a way to write a new proxy that allowed them to effectively take over that computer and run commands from that server and, and gain access to the network. Mm, wow. So nearly full control at that point yeah. you know you, scary. you just have to you, you have your entry point right there well at least people are taking initiatives i agree i agree uh, even if it is to delete thyself delete thyself beautiful <laughs> sounds like uh, very shakespearean yeah. well i got some uh, little marketing news that i can go over i hope it's about twitter spaces oh it is about twitter spaces <laughs> i know it's i finally... love twitter spaces is it here it's finally here yes it's uh it's only available on mobile stuff, you know. So similar to like how Instagram is, you can only do certain features while you're using an app on either Android or iOS or Lame. whatever. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. Why do it's, they hate us PC people? <laughs> exactly. What? And Twitter started on desktop. I mean, that was like... Well, yes. 
but also through text messaging. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so that was its, yeah. big, its big claim to fame was they had dedicated phone numbers so people who didn't have smartphones could text their commands. Part of the reason it's a 140-character limit because, mm. as you well, not mean, anymore. well yeah. in the beginning, the 140-character limit was because... For SMS, yeah. You can only send one text through with that. 160 characters for SMS. Mm-hmm. That gave them 20 characters for oh. commands. Yeah. Because if you want to do an ad or whatever, so interesting. There's your there's your old man theory, well, or old man history lesson. <laughs> the most modern thing that Twitter's done now is this Twitter Spaces thing, and it is a direct, um, com- and I don't know, I guess response to the trend of this audio platform. You know, new audio products that are coming out, like Clubhouse and that type of thing. Um, but you're able to do it now. We've already talked about it quite a bit, but uh, I'll, I'll go over kind of how to use it because basically all you have to do is you have to go into the app. And you have to hold down the compose tweet button. So at that point, then you can start a space. Super okay. simple, okay. little little hidden, but that's, that's that, that's that what does you need. seem a little secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have it's a like a little handshaky. Yeah, <laughs> but you can join, you can host, you can do whatever. It's all it's all pretty cool. The interesting part, though, now is that, and I didn't expect this when we were talking about it um, last week in the or not last week, the two weeks ago, and the, even the one before that. But Facebook just unveiled. They're uh, <laughs> they don't they haven't fully done anything, but apparently Zuckerberg has been experimenting with those audio pal- platforms as the trend has gotten bigger. So, <laughs> really, yeah, I I I really liked that during our last podcast, you left and immediately tried to get signed up for Turntable. By the way, oh yeah, I thought that that meant that meant the world to me. I got an email about it, so it it it, it, it yeah, but we found out it costs like money, like legit money. Well, it's like a dollar. And then, then it's like $5 to do more, and then you get skins and fun avatars and stuff later on. I but. think I think the reason for that, I know this is nothing that you want to tie, but I feel like um, I do think a lot of that was because of the music rights that they had issues with. Oh, yeah. The RIAA kind of put it to them a little bit. Mm-hmm, as they know. do. Yeah. Um, because they weren't getting royalties paid out. Mm. So... As we discussed last time, though, uh, with Twitter Spaces and how um, I felt that Twitter Spaces is probably going to be more successful because of the better moderation and stuff that the, that they kind of use. Because uh, basically, like, a moderator can mute all participants, you know, in, in that. But Clubhouse, you can't do such a thing. You have to, like, do one by one. And with the capacity for having 5,000 people in a room, yeah, that's, that's you know, crazy. So I, I work in a room with seven people, and I yeah. wish I could mute them all. <laughs> kind of difficult, yeah. So that being said, Facebook's always kind of had trouble um, moderating and stuff sometimes, but uh, this is not helping because Clubhouse, which well, there are a lot of people who probably disagree with that. (laughs) Parlor, well, (laughs) Clubhouse uh, is having problems with uh, attempting to shut down rooms for you know anti-Semitic stuff and that type of thing. So we'll we'll see (laughs) what Facebook does in response to this. So well, if you can't do buy, I guess is really the big thing. Buy and revamp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of tossed something interesting in there uh, that I that kind of remind. So I don't know if you saw that uh, uh, Parler has reached an agreement to get kind of an all clear 
for their app on the iOS platform. Oh, really? So Parler is in the process of repairing themselves and coming back. Curious to see how this one plays out. This was really interesting. If you remember back in January, of course, everything kind of got shaken up and they couldn't find a cloud platform. They, of course, are on a cloud platform that is largely aligned with their belief structure, which is or large, not even really their belief structure. It was used by a lot of conservatives, the platform was, in the U.S. It was used way beyond all over the place for outside of that. But uh, if you remember, we talked a little bit about how the concern was is that, yes, they're providing an infrastructure, but they were really moderating content, which is really an odd gray area. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it could really hurt the cloud. Of course, they found themselves a new provider. They've republished the app to certain people to get things back up and running. And and the final thing is they're, they're, they're mobile applications. And I don't know about Google Play. I haven't read or heard anything yet, but it was interesting to see they're still trying. I'm surprised they would for Apple first when Google was a little bit more lenient on some of these. I'm sure they went for both. It's just that Apple went ahead and made the agreement first. Wow, okay. Hmm. So we, Who knows? we could see the return of Parler. Yeah, <laughs> very, that'll, very. That'll soon. be wild. I'm surprised they didn't try to rebrand or anything, but that's yeah. You know. uh, I think there's no uh, no such thing as bad publicity. It's true. It's yeah. True. Yeah. So now it's a household name. So it is. We're talking about some app that we probably wouldn't have even given three uh, three looks at. Yeah. Otherwise, it's true. I know a bunch of people in in my Facebook feeds were start. I'm oh, this is where I'm going, and I'm like, cool. Like it would not even from a political fashion. It's like that's yeah. that's if that's your desire, that's your desire. Yeah. I, I had people asking me about business twice. Like, <laughs> should I get on there? And I'm like, I don't know how business could be. I don't know if it'll help it's, you. <laughs> you know, it's it's even hard from a of you know. I think from a business to business platform, Facebook has almost become kind of a Google though. It's mm -hmm. a search. It's a search. Um, how often do people, I, I, I'm astonished at how often I'm trying to find people, mm -hmm. um, and they don't have websites and that drives me nuts. Yeah. But, but they got a Facebook business they page. They sure as heck got a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That always frustrates me, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Even uh, if you just owned a domain that went to Facebook. Yeah. But which I've seen. I yeah. argue is the exact opposite of what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. I think one of our earliest conversations that you and I had, and I don't know if it's ever made it to the podcast, but do you remember for the longest time when Facebook first introduced the short names? Oh, like, yeah. Because you, you used to be like some long guid mm -hmm. when it was like facebook.com slash blah, 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 and the, you know, whatever. And then they said, oh, you can create a name now. And so like... Yeah. I think what was it? it you was had Coca Cola a, was the one who uh, was Coca Cola and and I think Nike and a couple mm -hmm. other brands, but Coca Cola is totally the one that we were talking about. Yeah, every everything they did, they got rid of the website and they just put facebook.com slash Coca Cola or slash Coke or something. Yeah, something like that. And what they found out is they lost SEO. Yeah, yeah, because I think they what lost they, they lost fb.com slash Coke or something like that. Yeah, or fb.me or something. Yeah, it could be very short though, and that was the appeal. But yeah, you can't control as much as you can on your website. And, and so. they ended up you're giving all of that traffic from somebody like Coke. Yeah. To Facebook, they were losing SEO. Yep. Because nobody's going to Coca-Cola.com. They get to Facebook, and what, are they going to get to your site from there? Like, most people, if you don't have a proper social strategy that links people to that site, then... Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. 
crazy. We digress though. Yeah. Everybody at home. <laughs> that's a huge digression. That's, that's our, that's our old people. That's our old person. Conti- Man, this is a vintage show. A vintage show. I should be wearing a lumberjack shirt. Uh, sorry, flannel shirt. <laughs> So we can talk. We can talk about Netflix and uh, them delivering DVDs again. <laughs> we did that. Date us even more. <laughs> I loved that. I always enjoyed that. It gave me a reason to check the mail. Now it's just bills and yeah. It was and, so interesting getting a, an actual you know disc in the mail. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, but then you'd also get a disc in the mail, and sometimes it was like crazy scratched and stuff, and it wouldn't be. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. I, that, that that did happen every sometimes. Once they were supposed to inspect them, but I think at oh. the height. Of the Netflix postal craze, mm-hmm. they just couldn't keep up with volume. Man, that really that probably really helped the USBS. But did you see though? Netflix is in the news a little bit. It is not for like they're not doing anything bad, but they're kind of struggling a little bit. All we we saw all of these different um, players come into the field, and we've talked a little bit about streaming fatigue and everything. Mm-hmm. But we also wondered, you know, hey, the big name in the field is Netflix. Yeah, you know, you kind of always feel like Netflix would be uh, fine, always, because it was kind of one of the first streaming platforms that really got big and everything. And again, they, you know, kind of merged into that field. They they almost invented it in some people's mind. When you talk about, you know, Netflix and chill and that type of thing, you know, th- this yeah. is a, a thing that is household name for just streaming. But yeah, they have. Well, uh, they've na- had a- name another company that was successful in doing it. There were companies that did it because. I'm trying to think of the one that I used to use. Man, I don't even know. There were two. One of them Sony bought, and one of them Walmart bought, or maybe the same person. I, I had I had tried it, um, but I think the studios weren't playing ball as much. So Netflix, I think, had a strong relationship with them. But, yeah, I, I, they were successful in creating a viable streaming market. That being said, though, Netflix uh, has a dramatic slowdown in subscribers. And we don't fully know why there's Netflix has come out and had statements and whatnot, but not, nothing has been in concrete. Like what, you know, this is the reason. So again, it could be streamer fatigue, baby Yoda, (laughs) (laughs) two words, two words, baby Yoda, or yeah, (laughs) competitive streaming services that have just outweighed all of them. I mean, people who like, like Disney who have taken all of their licensing back and put it on their own platform. So now there's not as much of appeal. So I think I also think it's just hard to find stuff to watch. It's because I, of I, I canceled. So now they're. I think these are these are new subscriber numbers though too. Yeah, right? yeah. This is like them coming. Okay, yeah. so I've got in my head. I've got a couple thoughts. Do you think part of it is because everybody who needed to sign up slash ever wanted to sign up did it last year? Uh, yeah, I mean, also their family plan is pretty like crazy. It, compared to their competitors, being able to have like five or whatever it is. How oh, they jacked the price up though. Yeah. No, so there's, they don't, I don't know that they have the family plan. Am I, am I missing something? Because I know that you have to pay a base fee and then that includes so many streams. Um, yeah, you can have it, the, the simultaneous streams is how they work. So the family plan is like, I think, I think it's five streams at once. Yeah. But when it's you, like 20 bucks a month. Yeah. It's not pretty high because yeah. I was paying, I was still in the, eight dollar range or something like mm-hmm. that and and you know i ended up canceling it we got it back because there's one show that i absolutely love but i canceled it because i just couldn't I, I was going there and i couldn't find things that connected with me very well yeah and that was you know you then 
stop checking Netflix to see if there's shows that I want to watch. Yeah. And and for me, honestly, there was always that soft spot. I'm a very loyal guy. Eight bucks, whatever, you have at it someday. <laughs> then they just said, hey, next next time you get your bill, it's going to be $13 a month. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> Like, I, I know I'm, like, the stream queen. Uh, like, I have every available service you could possibly imagine. But also, like, I'm not afraid to say, yo, why are you just jumping the price $13 a month? Yeah. And they say it's for content, but your content doesn't resonate with me. Well, I think content isn't really there at the moment. New stuff has been hard because it's been hard to actually film with COVID. Yep. But yeah, streaming fatigue and competitors. I think the 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 everything I, together I, has just made it really hard for Netflix. And and I'll be honest, you know, I think you know I I do subscribe to Apple TV. Right before we started recording, we were kind of talking about it. the the Apple releases and everything. Just was whatever. And one of the shows I love on there um, had a trailer drop as part of it. We were talking about that, but Apple TV Plus has put out some really high quality high dollar broadcast stuff for five bucks a month. Yeah. Wow. And I, I feel like that's really cool. And honestly, you can get away with, if you buy an Apple device, you can get like six months free or three months free. Oh yeah. So, you know, you don't even have to pay that, you know, your annual costs. It's not as much content, but it is good. Uh, and so in that price range, I don't mind paying it, even though there's not as much content. The content that's there is phenomenal. Yeah. Some really good movies on there too. Say that to say, at thirteen dollars, I'm overwhelmed by what content there is, and it's underwhelming content. And I think that's hard. Meanwhile, you have competitors like Disney, who are really just attacking it. Yeah. I I mean I don't know. I know you're not a big Marvel guy. Know quite a bit about it though, but these Marvel series have been, yeah, exploding, I- incredible. Yeah, and you know it's I don't even you know been watching like the Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're not even my favorite characters. I really don't care anything about them. First episode, I was like, yeah, all right, I'll give it. But they're really giving a strong voice to these secondary characters. Oh yeah, WandaVision was artistic and unique like all of these are reinventing and and reinvigorating you for for the movies yeah whereas netflix i just i feel like um they're 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 putting they're buying content that not really many people want i i'm looking at their pricing structure now and i also think it's pretty weird on their basic plan they don't even stream hd yes like that's i don't i don't get 4k yeah at thirteen dollars a month, you don't get. 4K I don't there. get four K. Yeah. So the basic standard and premium basic is uh, no HD. Standard is HD, but you get two streams as well. And then premium is ultra HD, and you get four streams at yeah. the same time. So meanwhile, all of these other sh- services, Prime Video, I don't even know that that costs money because we use the Prime service so much. Yeah. Um, and the Prime Video service is pretty solid. I don't worry about whether I get my value out of that. Yeah, because shipping alone, I'm usually paying it off. <laughs> yeah. so. Exactly. Um, the one that still surprised me to this day is Hulu, actually. Mm-hmm. I think Hulu is the one that I've, I connect the most with the materials. Hulu, though, is just so heavy with 
decent shows. Yes. It's it's very different compared to Netflix because Netflix has been focusing on movies and stuff. But they've and also, if you're a cable cutter. Yeah, exactly. That, that's where you should. You know, yeah. you can find your next day thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hulu, I think, is the next struggle, though. I think uh, as more streaming services come out, people will start pulling away for their own streaming services and Hulu will be struggling. But we've talked about them. They've always had the free-to-play Yep, they've had an ad structure forever. They've always so. had an ad structure mm-hmm. that means that you can get into it for yeah. free. And I think that saves their bacon a little bit because even if you choose to cancel service, you could still there's still a way for them to monetize that. Yeah, I got to look at um HBO Max again and see how they're doing, but It's okay. Content is there. Mm-hmm. They're 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 trying. I think their big their big gamble is the simultaneous releases with HBO Max and these like Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Like the they're doing that type of stuff which I think is really cool. Unfortunately for them, they keep putting out movies that just are I don't I, I think they would have made lots of money, but you know. Yeah, but they they've got an ad tier in June that's coming out, so who knows. Sorry, I do I derailed that conversation. <laughs> Suffice it to say, yes, Netflix showing a little bit of their age and maybe not their dominance that they've always shown. Yeah. Feels new. It's weird. But I mean, Disney's so like recent, but it's been such a powerhouse. Netflix has always done some smart things. So hopefully they, they can figure this out. You mean saying yes to any idea that uh, a producer comes to them with? (laughs) Well, I think that's also a new problem because they do say, Hey, you know, this is to pay for content. Well, how about you be a little more selective on the content? (laughs) Didn't they, haven't they been getting in trouble with some of their content being a little bit like outside the social norm? And you're like, Yo, dog, nobody wants to see that. Yeah, it's been pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> digress again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really all I have for marketing, but I do have some other little fun things. I, I know uh, we're about to experience the Brood 10. <laughs> what is Brood 10? Do you remember in 2004 when we had so many cicadas that you could like you couldn't really walk in a normal yes. spot? Yes, I do. Well, welcome to 2021 where the 17-year-old Brood comes back. <sighs> yeah. That being said, though, there's snow on the ground, so I don't quite know what's going to happen because it's supposed to be May, but yeah, here we are. Yeah, is this not ridiculous? So, yes, of course, the day of this recording, we're in the middle of April. Actually, we're near the end of, the end April, of April, Yeah, and there was a solid four or five inches of snow on my car mm-hmm. um, this morning. Super heavy snow. Roads stayed clear, though. I'm thankful for that, at least. Oh, yeah. And travel wasn't bad. It just, warm, yeah. But it was just... Whatever. So maybe Brood X we don't have to worry about because they all flipping died. But it is so bad. Um, yeah. We talk about it. Uh, yeah, it's it's so bad. This will be interesting. I yeah. wonder. It's going to be nuts, man. I'm not excited, though. But it didn't really hurt anything. <laughs> I just want to talk about They're it. They're obnoxious, man. though. Yeah, it gets loud. They are obnoxious. Yeah. Anybody who does not, who, who is not from like the Midwest that has to deal with these blasted things. Mm-hmm. They make this noise at night and they, if there's like 20 of them, you just, you just think I hate every last one of you. There's going to be billions and there's so. going to be billions. Yeah. None of us are going to sleep. So if, if you have customers or clients that are in Northwest Ohio and you, or, or, or I think it's even Indiana, it's, it's pretty much it's, all the East coast. All yeah. The, way to the Midwest. Yeah. Pretty much. Give them some slack because they're probably not going to sleep for a day or two here. Yeah, uh, coming up soon. So here's hoping it's going to be real fun. Yeah. So 
Man, I remember 2004, though, because I was a kid, and it was, be walking on the sidewalk, crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> it's pretty gross. <laughs> I don't think it was as bad up here. I think it stays more towards the valley area. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in our area, it's the mayflies. Oh, yeah, that's the same. The mayflies yeah. are gross. I was surprised when that came up. Yeah, mayflies are gross. It's very similar, but uh, they show up on Doppler radar. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy because they'll be like, oh yeah, here's the weather for today. Yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, the radar's showing that it looks like there's rain, but that's just a high density uh, cloud of mayflies. Ooh. Yeah, and they'll coat the cars and everything. It's and then they they mate and die pretty quick. Yeah, it's gross. It's not crunchy as crunchy though. Less crunchy. That's good. Yeah, it is less crunchy, <laughs> and they're obnoxious, but um, they don't. They're not as loud. They're not as loud. <laughs> Well, uh, quick little news from Microsoft as they're about to change how Microsoft. Teams work. I love Microsoft. They yeah. they do us all right. So they are. Uh, they did a pretty in depth research study, honestly, on uh, on how back to back meetings are like ruining people. <laughs> so <Hi>. okay, <laughs> yes. yes, yes, they are. So they they are completely. Uh, they they've got a, apparently Microsoft's Human Factors Lab. So I don't really know what that is, but they, they use uh, those little cool But it's a thing yeah. because if you can print money like a company like Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. they've got a human factors lab, of course. <laughs> sounds a little, uh, man, that, that sounds pretty like villain-esque. <laughs> Villainous? Yeah. Like that. It's fun. But you know those little caps that you know someone puts puts on and they got a whole bunch of like little sensors on them and that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. They've used that to study these back-to-back meetings and come out with uh, you know pretty – they've realized that obviously this isn't helping people. So let's change how our, our outlook and teams and that type of stuff works to schedule these meetings. And they're actually going to make it so that they can, uh, or sorry, that customers can set organization wide scheduling defaults that shorten meeting and uh, meetings and create spaces between them. So they actually make breaks between these. So as an organization, you can say, Hey, I want to make it so my, my team can't do back to back meetings at all. That's awesome. Yeah gonna be quite nice <laughs> yeah this is this is something that every business especially in the the i think enterprise sector but even companies as small as ours that are kind of on this growth train right is is and and you can be fully honest here because uh, we 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 feel probably the same we really try to reduce the number of meetings that we have, but sometimes you just need time set aside to collaborate. Yeah, um, especially in a virtual world now, you know, virtual world, can't, and, can't and, and we're, you know, we're times. we're back in the office, but we can't collaborate. It's more exhausting to do these Teams and Zoom meetings mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I think it's because you're just in front of a blue screen. You know, like we have a very big conference room that is, you know, designed for like 30, 40 people <laughs> that we can meet. But we don't. We can't do our team meeting in there, um, which is you know. So we still have to do that by Zoom. But I know like we have some we have some like managerial and executive meetings in that room, and those meetings don't bother me as much. But it's when we get in front of teams and you know, staring at a screen for how many hours straight? Yeah. And and we try to have, we try to be efficient in our meetings, and we've done a really good job, I think, of of structuring those. Yeah. But even still, we have. Most of our team has an entire day dedicated to just meeting Mondays. <laughs> yeah, and and it's you 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 know we just we embrace it. We push in because we said we might as well just ruin one day. Let's get them all out of the way. Yeah, 
But I, I totally feel that way about Mondays. It's always, man, it's this, exhausting. This is exhausting. Yeah. And, so. and, you know, we, by the time we finish up that day, I just, I have nothing to give. Yeah. But then if you say, well, how do you fix it? It was like, well, then those move, meetings just have to move during the week. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like it's just, I might as well be a glutton. But I, I, I see that, you know, if we couldn't sit, if we couldn't schedule back to back. Yeah. Um, I mean, their point is as, as little as even like 15 minutes between these meetings, it, it will do a huge amount for them. Yeah. Um, granted, this study is kind of small. It's 14 people. <laughs> so, but I think it's, I don't think you have to go beyond that. Yeah. And I think they're pulling analytics that they're not talking about from their actual <laughs> team's analytics. So, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm with you. I think that's one of those things that it's, it's obvious. Yeah. Uh, it's obvious because normal meetings, you have to have that 15 minutes, right? Because mm-hmm. if you have to go and meet in a room, you physically have to move. Yeah. You physically have to move around. So you need time mm-hmm. to go from one meeting to the other on a zoom call. You can go boom, boom, or, or, or a team's call. You can go from eight thirty to eight fifty nine, and then close and reopen yep. at nine o'clock. Yeah. There is zero seconds of downtime, whereas before you at least needed to travel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Imagine being in the same room with someone and be like, yeah, I got another meeting in a minute. Yeah. Like, what? What does that even mean? But in Zoom calls or Teams calls? It's it's common. Hey, I need to jump off. I've got another meeting starting. Yeah, right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So So. I think it's kind of nice, but we'll uh, we'll see if other people kind of pick up on that. I know Zoom hasn't had something like that yet, Um, but... I know meeting schedulers like HubSpot, you know, if you're curious about that. We, we definitely <laughs> use that, um, and it yeah. sounds crazy, but it's you need that 15 to 30 minutes just to set. buffer time in that for years. Yep, so, yep, yeah. and and we leverage that for us for sure, mm-hmm. um, except our internal meetings we don't. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think once that happens, I think that's something we, we, we would, I would gladly implement. Yeah, I don't know um, when it's a thing or if they just released it in an update um, without telling anybody. <laughs> so they do that a lot. They do that a lot. Well, they tell people, but they they bombard you with so many emails that I can't always I can't always keep up on their release cycles. The new setting, yeah. So it should be out. I'm gonna look into it. If you're if you're listening to this, give me about three days and uh, ask us about it. Ask me about my team's buffer settings. <laughs> that's a nice shirt. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Thank you so much, Griff. I really appreciate that. That was actually some fun stuff in there. Um, you know, if you have any thoughts or questions or you want to take a look at anything that we have talked about today, you want to sound off on anything we chatted about, you got thoughts, opinions, look, we'd love to hear about them. Um, go ahead and visit lighthousesol.com slash podcast. And you can see this podcast as well as all the show notes and anything that we have done since we've been doing this. It'll automatically filter y'all out. Um, while you're there, check out a little bit more about us. We're constantly, uh, especially Griff's team, is constantly making sure you have some great information about what's going on in the technology community. So, uh, you know, stay a while. Check it all out. And when you're ready, you give us a phone call. Let us know when you're ready for some, some solid help in the IT space or even uh, the managed content marketing um that's uh, some great great way for you to improve and grow your business um griffin do you have anything else to add to the nice people no i'm good yeah i am too ladies and gentlemen you have a fantastic week we'll meet you next time right here on the lighthouse it solutions podcast